Welcome back to A Journey Through Lent with the Holy Fathers. I'm Dave Orsborn in the St. Gabriel studio, and I'm thrilled to be joined by phone this morning by Sister Anna Chiara of the Franciscan Disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ on the phone all the way from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Good morning, Sister. Good morning, Dave. How are you? I'm blessed. Great to be with you, and especially as we enter into this Holy Week, I'm I, I am excited to read through some of these reflections or writings of our Holy Fathers and, and just spend time with you loving the Lord. Thank you. It's been a blessing to just read through these uh, selections. We have such holy popes in, in our lifetime, so I'm grateful for them and their guidance and the way they shepherd us. Amen. This morning we're going to read through and reflect on uh, a homily delivered by Pope Benedict the Sixteenth from 2010. But before we do that, Sister, uh, could you open us in prayer? Yes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for this day. We thank you for all of the ways that you love us and are present to us. Thank you for being with us every moment for knowing every movement of our heart and for having a plan uh, for our lives and a plan to save us and for preparing a place for us in heaven even now. Lord, I ask that you would just send your spirit to be upon um, all the listeners, everyone um, who's listening to St. Gabriel's radio this morning, for Dave and for myself, that we would have a listening heart, that we would hear your voice, and that in all things you would be glorified. We love you, Jesus, and we ask that you would help us to love you even more. In your most holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this is from a homily delivered by Pope Benedict XVI in 2010. There is an ancient tradition that the wood of the cross was taken from a tree planted by Adam's son, Seth, over the place where Adam was buried. On that very spot, known as Golgotha, the place of the skull, Seth planted a seed from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree in the midst of the Garden of Eden. Through God's providence, the work of the evil one would be undone by turning his own weapons against him. The wood of the cross became the vehicle for our redemption, just as the tree from which it was fashioned had occasioned the fall of our first parents. Suffering and death, which had been a consequence of sin, were to become the very means by which sin was vanquished. The innocent lamb was slain on the altar of the cross. And yet from the immolation of the victim, new life burst forth. The power of evil was destroyed by the power of self-sacrificing love. The cross, then, is something far greater and more mysterious than it first appears. 
It is indeed an instrument of torture, suffering, and defeat, but at the same time, it expresses the complete transformation, the definitive reversal of these evils. That is what makes it the most eloquent symbol of hope that the world has ever seen. It speaks to all who suffer, the oppressed, the sick, the poor, the outcast, the victims of violence, and it offers them hope that God can transform their suffering into joy, their isolation into communion, their death into life. It offers unlimited hope to our fallen world. From Pope Benedict XVI. Sister, what stood out to you? Well, this time, as you read it, the, the very last line, it offers unlimited hope to our fallen world. I, I love the word unlimited um, because our, our world seems to, be, uh, seems to have unlimited need for that right now. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Um, actually, when, when, you, when you read it, when I first read it by myself, I was so excited because I remembered... Um, a not so ancient tradition um, about the cross. Uh, what I mean by that is that me and my friend were discussing what could have been or what could have happened in the Garden of Eden many years ago. And when I heard that there actually was an ancient tradition that the cross was planted by Seth, Adam's son, um, from, a, from a seed of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, I was so excited because my uh, theory was that, um, you know, the the tree of life was guarded by the angels with a fiery sword. Mm -hmm. And so I just had this imagination that, oh, maybe that angel has been guarding it with a fiery sword ever since (laughs) until until the time that we would need that wood for the wood of the cross. Mm. And so this is fantastic kind of imagination and it didn't have too much meaning it was just fun for us as he was just coming into the catholic church and i myself was coming back into the catholic church after a time away in different different faith traditions and so we had learned about typology we had learned about how there's all this symbolism hidden in the old testament which really points to jesus And so we were just like little kids, kind of (laughs) trying to play that game, you know, along with the church fathers. And um, but when I heard this, I said, "Of course, of course, that makes so much more sense." God always takes what the enemy meant for evil and turns it into good. He always uses the enemy's weapons against it for our own salvation. And I was just so excited. Uh, to hear that. I had a friend one time, this truth spoke so deeply to her heart that she just said, yeah, anything that the enemy throws at me, I know that God can use it. And she said, I want to write a song. I want to write a song and I want it to say, so he'll take your fire and he'll light my way. And I thought of Joseph and the Old Testament. Of course, Joseph, who was sold by his brothers into slavery, 
And that very slavery led to his uprising, him becoming number two to Pharaoh, and then ultimate salvation for not just his family, but the whole, his whole people, because he was the one who had the foresight from God to store up what they would be needing in a time of fat, famine. And Joseph said, you meant it unto evil when his brothers came back to him. You meant it unto evil, but God meant it for the good. And for me, that's been the whole story of salvation history. For me, that's been the whole story of my own life. God has used everything evil in my life, even my own sin, to use it for my own good. And I'm just so grateful that we have that kind of a God that offers unlimited hope to our fallen world. As you were sharing your, your, um, your imagery at the beginning of, of our reflection, it reminded me then also of this portion from uh, Pope Benedict's homily where he calls the cross, which he, you know, he, he explains it's, a, it's an instrument of torture, of suffering, of defeat, of pure evil. God transforms it into the most eloquent symbol of hope that the world has ever seen. So what, what was the, the lyric that your friend was proposing? He'll take your fire and take, he'll light my way. He'll take your fire and light my way. Yes, the fire that was meant to burn or destroy, but God uses it for his own purposes. So, sister, as we wrap up today's show, what's a practical takeaway uh, for our listeners as we enter into prayer uh, this holy week? I think practically speaking, the question before us is where are we going to place our eyes? Where are we going to place our hope? I think the evil around us is very evident. We don't need to look very far. We don't, we don't need to, to use too much of our imagination to see uh, the evil in the world. It's there. Um, but what might not be so evident, especially um, in our own darkness of faith, is what is God doing in this? I'm sure Joseph as he was imprisoned, as he was slow, uh, sold into slavery, as he was betrayed and forgotten and abandoned by his brothers, that there was a great temp temptation to look at all of that evil and ask, why is this happening? What is going on? But Joseph was able to look deeper, and he was able to see the providence of God, that God uses all things, and he worked he works all things for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. And sometimes we can't do that right away. Sometimes only in retrospect can we say, oh, yeah, God was always with me. He never left me, and he had a purpose for this, and he will use it. And so where do we fix our eyes this Lent? We can focus um, on the evil, but that will just bring more death, but if we turn our eyes toward Jesus and the redemption that he is about, then that is where our unlimited hope is found. Amen. He offers us unlimited hope for our fallen world. Sister, thank you so much for leading us in prayer this morning. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.